McCoy Show. Welcome back to the Heather McCoy Show. Uh, with me is uh, Taylor Hamby. He wrote an oral history of Raleigh George last week in the OC Weekly. The article ran on the 10th anniversary of Raleigh George's death. Welcome to the show, Taylor. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, um, so uh, how did, uh, for those that don't know, who was Wally George? Well, Wally George was a very interesting character. He um, was a television show host who basically is credited with starting the whole um, combative television format. So, you know, you may be familiar with Jerry Springer or in some ways Bill O'Reilly, Morton Downey Jr. Um, Wally George has been credited with pioneering all of their styles, of basically not being very nice to your guests and bringing on some very um, interesting characters onto his TV show. Uh, it was on KDOC in the 80s. It ran from, I believe, um, 82 or 83 to um, to the early 90s. And then after that, um, it, w- it ran for about another 10 years for as reruns. What was Wally's history with uh, early TV? I think he was on Ozzy and Harriet. He would always mention that on the Hot Seat Highlight Show. He was, and um, yeah, he even credited um, them as being like parent figures to the, to him. He, he basically started off handing out tickets as a kid or as a teenager to the to the show before it was even a TV show. It was um, Ozzy and Harriet was a radio show, and he would hand out tickets to their show on on like Hollywood Boulevard for people to come see. And then he kind of worked his way up from there. Mm-hmm. And he continued to when it became a TV show as well. Oh, okay. Um, for those that don't know, Wally was like a right-wing, extreme right-wing Republican on air, but he was nothing like that off stage. In fact, he stuttered quite a bit. Right, absolutely. Um, and I believe um, he had his stutter almost his whole life. If you spoke to him just one-on-one, um, he he did have a stutter. However... If you if you listen to him on on his radio shows or on on the television, you you would see no sign of that. It's it's it, he's actually extremely confident in his speech. Do you think it's just because like you know speaking from me personally, I get an adrenaline rush that is just phenomenal when I'm on the air. Do you think it has something to do with that, or is it just something where he can you know separate the two, his personal life from his on stage life? I think it's probably a separation. I think he just embodied his alter ego. He was a he was a showman. He was a carnival barker. He was a he was a, a professional wrestler. In in that um, he just knew how to turn it on, turn on his alter ego on on the camera. And that alter ego didn't have a stutter, but you know the real Wally George did. Yeah. How did you come to know of Wally George and his program, The Hot Seat? Well, um, let's see. I I first heard about Wally George on. Um, in some of our staff meetings at the OC Weekly, uh, he's he's a character that comes up from time to time, <laughs> and um, so yeah, I'd never actually seen the show uh, when it was running. Um, however, after hearing um, you know my boss Gustavo talk about times when um, his his articles had made Wally cry, or Wally had called in to threaten to sue the OC Weekly because of some of the things we've written, um, he threatened to punch um, our staff writer Matt Coker in the face, um, personally, right, and he said, you're lucky, I, I don't have my daughter Holly with me, otherwise I would punch you in the face, um, so I, after just hearing all these stories, I got intrigued by this character, um, and I started watching Hot Feet through old um, YouTube videos, and that's kind of, it kind of went from there. Oh, okay. Um, after doing the article, how much of the Hot Seat do you think was completely planned out? Um, 
95%, a pretty much a good deal of it. Um, some people weren't really in on the joke, I guess, but uh-huh. um, for the most part, I think Wally did it did his best to let people know, hey, this is an act, this is a show, let's just go out there, let's have some fun. Yeah, um, you started your piece off with a paraphrasing of the opening narration of The Big Lebowski, which was so fitting for the article. What made you think of using this literary device? Well, uh, Big Lebowski is one of my favorite movies of all time, so um it's either that or The Simpsons. Somehow those quotes always come into my writing. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I was just actually standing in the shower, and it just came to me. <laughs> so I was like, wow, they're very similar. <laughs> and, you know, they're so different characters, but in the description, I guess, works. <laughs> yeah, because he was a man for his time in, you know, Orange County in the 1980s. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I was just wondering, how did you find some of his past uh, former TV guests for interviews? Because a lot of his characters kind of, or a lot of his interviewees, I guess they're characters too, they seem like marginal characters. Right. Um, Actually, the biggest help for me was um, two men named Jeff Tolcher and George Coote. Um, The two of them actually have taken it upon themselves to kind of, carry on Wally's legacy, um, just by uploading all these old shows um, onto YouTube. Um, the majority of the uploads are from Jeff. Uh, I mean, he's got hours and hours of old hot seat shows on YouTube. And um, Jeff himself was a guest, I believe, 35 times. Wow. Um, so, and then um, George was on the show twice, but George has really started... Um, the Wally George Alumni Group, which is a Facebook group. And that's kind of where all these people are reuniting 20, 30 years later um, and reminiscing about Wally, keeping his memory alive. So, George, um, I'd already been planning to do the article when George sent um, us an email at the Weekly saying, hey, we're going to be doing a um, Wally George reunion. So we're going to be having all these um, former guests to a banquet and just letting them talk, and um, I'd love for you to come out. So I met up with George and um, Jeff before the event, and they helped me um, find some of these people that they've already found online. Um, so that that was part of it. The other part was just reading through his autobiography um, and then, you know, talking to some of these other marginal characters. They knew, you know, they had kept in touch with other marginal characters through these throughout these years, yeah, I kept in touch with them, so they were just helping me find him. But it, it was an interesting journey, and so many people wanted to talk to me about Wally. It was awesome. Yeah, uh, any chances did you find Rudy Cruz? He seemed like he was extremely marginal. <laughs> no, unfortunately, <laughs> I didn't get to talk to him. Um, I think Jeff and George are in touch with him, but I did not get to. Oh, okay. One of the former guests was the band The Offspring. Uh, I used to, my introduction to Wally George was uh, in the 90s, and before he, he passed away in the early 2000s, he actually used to host the Hot Seat Highlights, and then so he would play old shows. I never knew The Offspring were on the show. How did you find that out? Um, that was through my coworker Nate. He's our music editor. He put together this awesome list that still cracks me up of the ten um, greatest um, musical guests on the hot seat. And so I had no idea that they were on it either until Nate put together this list with his awesome, hilarious commentary. And um, so actually, it just so happens that Dexter Holland is a friend of the paper. So he um, was happy to talk to me about Wally. He thought it was very funny that we were talking, <laughs> asking about Wally because it happened so many years ago. He thought it was quite a blast from the past. 
Yeah. Do you have any favorite stories from the past guests that you ran across or? Favorite stories like that happened to them or? Or do you have any favorite stories that were told to you by past guests, I should say? Oh, gosh. Well, I like, um, I like when, um, uh, some of the female wrestlers were talking about Wally. Um, there was Queen Kong who was telling me that, um, you know, I was asking her, well, who do you think would win in a fight? And she goes, oh, Wally, he was scrappy. And then her, her, her friend, um, Christine, I think, it, yeah, her friend kicks in and says, oh, yeah, you know, I went and gave a kiss to Wally and he stuck his tongue down my throat. He was a bad boy. I thought that was pretty uncharacteristic, but hilarious. Yeah. Um, it was interesting to hear what um, Blaze Von Payne had to say about Wally. That was very interesting because that wasn't a, uh, a, a a viewpoint you get very often. And for those who don't know, Blaze Von Payne was um, was a was a pacifist guest on Wally that was infamous for actually getting very furious, legitimately furious at Wally and toppling over his desk and storming off stage. Uh, that that made national news, and that that's been on bloopers and <laughs> clip shows ever since. Yeah, and that's kind of funny. Being a pacifist, you wouldn't even flip over a desk, and then somehow Wally got him so mad he did that. That's that was impressive too. Yeah, uh, and and to, and I asked him, well, do you think that you know your nonviolent ways with all with all your nonviolent ways, do you think that that act of violence was was appropriate? And he said it wasn't really an act of violence because I didn't. It wasn't directed at anyone. There was no one behind the table. I didn't hurt anyone. It was just a piece of furniture. Um, and he also said that he was thinking of um, the turning of the table, the old biblical story. Oh, okay. And he he said that it was it was um, a, an example or a personification of that. That's interesting. I didn't even think about that. Um, one of the other people, even... one of the other people, I was hoping to see quoted in your story, but she seems to have disappeared. Is Wally's old co-host who did hot seat highlights with him? She went by the name of Monique, and she looked like an ex stripper. Does anybody know where she is? <laughs> no, you know, Monique never really came up, so I don't know where she went. Yeah, she did actually something uh, in Hot Seat Highlights in that era. Um, she actually did something that got the Hot Seat a lot of press, and she punched out a cardboard cutout of Bill Clinton, and the Secret Service came after both her and Wally. Oh, wow, that was a good story. I haven't heard that one yet. Yeah, that was kind of, that. Was, I think that happened in 96 or 97. Um, so what happened? What contributed to Wally having his career tail off starting in 1993 when KDSC canceled new episodes of his show? Well, there were there, there's been two accounts. Um, the, I think the most widely told account is in '93. He was diagnosed with cancer. He was um, too sick to carry on doing the show full time, so he just did the highlights. Um, the other account is that the show was too much of a liability for KDSC. It's a small station. Um, and these people are fighting on stage, you know, whether, regardless if it's, if it's actually meant to be violent or not, there still is probably people getting hurt, property damage, et cetera. Um, you know, he's having, um, he's having people like Tom Metzger, the, uh, leader of the Ku, or Grand Dragon of the Ku Klux Klan come and, and, and battle against a, um, Jewish Defense League <laughs> chairman, you know, and, and the Anaheim police and, I think National Guard or something like that had to be called. You know, oh, wow. it, 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 there was there was there was issues with security. Um, so that was the other, and I don't know which exactly is correct. Perhaps a bit of both. How do you close do you or how do you how feel or I'm sorry I'll start over. Do you feel get a, did you get a feel of how close Wally was to having success uh, nationally? You know the the 
The accounts are mixed. Part of it, some people say, actually, I think most most people say that he didn't get the credit he deserved. And Richard Blade made an interesting point. Wally was all Wally all the time. He he was just this this on stage persona was just a raving conservative screaming at all the the freaks weirdos call me pinkos bimbos uh-huh. and where he could have been a little more dynamic and maybe that would have brought him to a national audience yeah maybe it would have maybe it wouldn't have yeah one of the interesting but, oh, I'm sorry go on but yeah I I don't know how close he would have gotten to fame I think but the, mostly the consensus is he he should have oh definitely. Um, yeah. Yeah. One of the interesting things about the 10 year anniversary uh, of Wally's passing is it seems like there's a ton more interest in his work now with the Hot Seat reunion, as you mentioned in September and uh, your feature in the weekly, than when he died in 2003. I think Richard Blight underestimates the cultural impact uh, Wally did make. Yeah, I, th- I think so too. I mean, if you read, he's kind of the lone voice saying that he, he had no legacy. I think everyone else agrees that he does have a legacy and he is remembered very fondly. Um, obviously, we wouldn't have these two guys, George and Jeff, carrying on the torch of his legacy if it didn't mean something. Yeah. And then, you know, after all, Jerry Springer airs every afternoon across the country now. Absolutely. It won't go away. <laughs> yeah. So, um, how big of a mess was Wally George's personal life? Um, it seemed to be pretty bad, you know, obviously I never got to meet him, but from the stories I've heard and even what he expresses in his autobiography, um, you know, there's the, the classic story of um, him and his his um, eldest daughter, Rebecca de Mornay. Um, they did not get along. Um, she's most famous for um, the starring in Risky Business with Tom Cruise. Um, mm-hmm. But it's unclear why exactly she... <clears throat> She didn't get along with Wally. Some people say that it's because she was told to distance herself because he, his, you know, conservative ravings were going to um, hurt her Hollywood career because Hollywood is typically liberal. Um, we don't know what exactly he did. He won't explain it in his autobiography yeah. too much. He just said that she just stopped talking to him one day, and she has a kid, and he won't. She won't let him see it or see the child, and. Um, just, it, it, that part is really, really sad. Uh, he had been married several times over. His last marriage was to a girl that had actually called into the hot seat hotline. Her name was Janice. She was from England, um, significantly younger than him. She was just in her 20s and um, when they got married, and that ended poorly. A lot of people say that she just married him for a green card. We don't know if that's the case. Yeah, but um, he did have a daughter, and that seems to be the happiest part of his whole story, of his whole personal life, is that he did have a daughter named Holly, um, with this lady Janice, and he just adored her. He was, she was the apple of his eye. He would take her to Disneyland and the Knott's Berry Farm, and he even says it's a little morbid, but he says he wishes if he had to choose when he would go, it would be going to Disneyland. You know, he would he would pass away. He would want to, while they were out at dis- while he was out at Disneyland with his daughter Holly. Yeah, he just wanted to be with her the whole all the time. And then I guess there was a bout of homelessness where he lived with the owner of KDSC at the time too. Right. Um, yeah, I talked to a to a gal at KDSC as well who said that um, 
she had to like help him move right when he was going into the hospital for the last time. Like she had to help him like move all of his stuff out of his little tiny garden grove apartment, and he was just like living in shambles. And he did have to, uh, yeah, he did have to go live with um, someone from KDOC. You know, he just didn't have any money at at the end of his life. Um, he worked so hard. He had been working in show business since he was fourteen years old, and he in the end he didn't really have any kind of monetary stability to show for it. Yeah, I, I think in you know in broadcast, I I know enough people that I think that story happens more than people realize in broadcast journalism or in you know TV. I can imagine it happens a lot in print journalism, yeah, too. <laughs> yeah. What all happened in 2002 to Wally when Gustavo ran the food interview that pushed him to the edge and called the former editor of the Weekly? Oh, yeah, yeah. So so Gustavo, um, um, you know, I'm sure many of us in Orange County read the paper are very familiar with his style. He um, runs a weekly column called This Hole in the Wall Life. I'm not sure if this was a hole-in-the-wall review or just a straight food review, but... Um, Basically, he reviewed this restaurant that had a picture of Wally George, a signed picture of Wally George, um, on the wall, and Gustavo comments on it in the food review, and eventually calls him a a coffin dodger. Well, Wally, being <laughs> sick with cancer, being at the end stages of his life, is a little upset about this. He calls our editor in chief at the time, starts screaming, threatening to sue us for liable for this for that and um then eventually just in the middle of his rant just starts crying and yeah. on the phone to our editor-in-chief and he just says you know this is so hard to hear you know to hear you know you don't know what it's like i'm dying and you guys are talking about me being a coffin dodger yeah so he he, he was pretty sad about that however our editor-in-chief did point out that, no, it's a compliment. You aren't dying. You're a coffin, <laughs> You're a coffin <laughs> dodger. You, you don't die. Yeah, definitely. Um, I actually went to his memorial service at the Crystal Cathedral uh, because it was open to the public, and three people plus me and a small amount of his family were there in a side room in the Crystal Cathedral, and one side of the room had all of his mementos from the hot seat collected over the years. It was a very sad ending for Wally, so... Um, in you know, in the last month or two, this renewed interest in people actually preserving his legacy, it kind of um, I don't know, it kind of heals that little sadness that I had back in two thousand three when I went to his memorial. Oh, that's so awesome! Yeah, I can I can just imagine. Um, you know, uh, the one gentleman that I did talk to that went to, uh, he he used to be a newscaster for KDOC. He said that um, he said that. Actually, it, it didn't seem to be too somber of an affair. Mostly it was just people talking, laughing, remembering him. Yeah. Except for when Janice showed up, then it got, you know, his ex-wife t- trying to be the, um, the distraught widow, even though they had been separated for many years at the time of his death. Um, you know, that kind of turned the tone down. I don't know. Did you notice that? Um, I didn't know that was his widow. I didn't, because uh-huh. like, I'm not familiar with anything Wally. So he had more of a, you know, someone from KDFC would probably know that more than me. Right, absolutely. And understand the dynamics of what was happening. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so any last thoughts about Wally George before we take off? Um, yeah, if you haven't heard of him, just go on to YouTube and take a look. Uh, he is a, an important part of Orange County's history, whether you like him or not. Um, and don't take it too serious. He's, he's a good time. Yeah, he's a good time, especially if you find <laughs> one with Rudy Cruz. That's my favorite guest of his. <laughs> Anyways, um, uh, Taylor um, Hamby, thanks for being on the show, and we'll talk to you maybe some other time.
Okay, my pleasure. Thanks so much. Okay, this is the Heather McCoy Show.